Good morning, good morning, and welcome to your business and digital. Good morning, everyone. How was the weekend? How are you guys doing? Oh, listen, I am still in Trinidad and I'm still running around, but it's great. I'm not complaining. I heard you met a, I heard you met a friend this weekend in Trinidad. Who was I, I did, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got to connect this weekend. So, you know, we got Amazing. some good conversation in. Amazing. So it's, it's I'm been, so excited. It's like, you know, I think I'm going to need a couple of days, boss. <laughs> I don't know who your boss is, but let's go. <laughs> let's get the show started. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Your Business in Digital. This is the show where we help you navigate the digital landscape because we understand that it's a little bit crazy out there, right? So if you are a small business owner who is looking to scale your business and take it to the next level, digital is the way to go, you should be listening to this show. If you are a CMO who is outsourcing your digital marketing efforts, you should be listening to this show. We talk about everything you need to know. If you are a CFO who has simply just been signing off on digital activities and really wants to understand how the metrics work, how things work to really see that return on investment. This is the show you want to watch. We really help you navigate that digital landscape and help you get to that place of money in the bank through digital marketing because we understand that, again, it can be really daunting, but it's such a good way to scale and grow your business. So I'm always excited to be here. And at the show, Your Business in Digital, we are the perfect marriage of sales, pricing, finance, marketing, and operations. Those are the experts that are here with us every Monday and Wednesday uh, talking to us about your business, business and digital. So this is really truly the embodiment of a business, of a small business. All the key stakeholders are here to have the right conversation. So good morning. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so good morning, right? Uh, so guys, you know what? You guys are here this morning because we need to talk about the recap of the last show. And I am already, I just need to, you know, I miss, I'm, I love that we have sound effects now because I need to bring in some sound effects. The recap of the last show was... <sighs> The last show with Marlon Hill. If you did not check out the show last Wednesday, you need to go to YouTube uh, or go to LinkedIn and check out the show. This was with Marlon Hill, uh, Esquire. Love Marlon. He talked about safeguarding your small business and understanding the legal landscape with businesses. Um, it's so important. It's such an important part of the business. He talked about that preservation, legacy, uh, all the things that really matter uh, for the legal landscape. Uh, you know, Michael pushed him over the to talk about AI, but he didn't fall into the trap. <laughs> he talked about trademarking. He talked about so many things that are so relevant right now, especially in the digital landscape, right? We talked about the fact that Gmail, Google is actually asking people to verify their business through their trademark information. So they're not saying, pay me more money. They're saying, hey, truly tell me that you're a business by having a trademark. Those are some things that are really important for your business from the legal standpoint. So I'm going to kick it over to the team because I know that conversation was too short for everyone. We only, we each only got asked one question. <laughs> and I think Michael may have gotten like a question and a half. <laughs> 
okay. But everyone asked one question and we were all like, I know each of you had like so much more. We need to bring Marlon back for like a month, an entire series with just Marlon. But what did you guys think about the show? What did you get from the show around what you need to do for your business uh, around all the legal elements? I'm just saying we need an after show. <laughs> it was, you know, Marlon, as usual, comes through and drops so much on, on the table. I was literally taking notes and for once wanted to really stay by backstage so that I could take more notes because he it, it, he always brings that kind of value to us. And when he dropped those, you know, started with just six words and took us through what those started with a dream, if I recall correctly, it was, you know, started with our dream and ended with preservation and the in-between of how important it is to our businesses to start there with that thought, but make sure you take care of it and you protect it and, and what it means, not just to you, but your legacy, your legacy. And I thought that was just so important for all of us. So yes, go back, listen to the show because there was a lot, be prepared to take a lot of notes. Uh, I loved I loved the conversation. I really and, and as Michelle said, that process he took us through was just so simple yet so effective for us to be able to think about it. And that you know the legacy. I, I just think the legacy is he bring it is where he brought it all home. Because at the end of the day, the legacy is what you're working for. It's the legacy is is, is the result of all the hard works and it's and it's. It would be really difficult or, or really sad if as a business owner, you just stop up to build and you don't do the other steps, which is to protect and to build your legacy, because then it will all be for nothing. Right. And I think, you know, that is for me, that was the take home, how important it is that business owners need to think about that, even while they're building, even when they're starting. What is the end goal? How are you going to protect and, and, and continue to build this legacy, whether it's for your whether it's for your immediate children or even if it's to say, hey, I'm going to sell this and sit back and rock back with my retirement, you know, but what is that end goal for you? And I, I was, yeah, we need another show. <laughs> I'm not sure I can add much more, but yes, he dodged my AI question, but he did answer it in that, you know, saying that protection, that protection part of those six words that he has is most important, even more important now that we've stepped into the AI era. Right, so that because it's pulling content from everywhere, it's more important to make sure that everything you have is copyrighted, trademarked, etc., and not wait to the last minute. Yeah, but yeah, and Marlon was fired. <laughs> Marlon, a few things for Marlon. Okay, I can't stop it. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Thank you, Marlon Hill. Definitely, guys, if you have not checked out last week's show, go back to YouTube. Check out the show. It is worth watching. If you have a business, this is stuff that you need to understand, uh, you should be thinking about. And he really gives you um, some points to think about. And, you know, I mean, I think it made us think so much, right? You know, where are we? We're looking at that protection stage now here at Monovan Digital, right? And then, of course, looking, you know, then to move into the preservation scale because we're scaling, right? And as we scale, we see all the things where we're like, oh my gosh, this is what we need to do next. So it's so important, but it's exciting as well too, right? Your business is really this thing that's living and breathing and growing. And here are the things that you need to do in order to, you know, keep it, sustain it, right? So these things are just all part of sustaining the business. Um, so I, I love seeing the business grow. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I'm having too much fun this morning. Um, so let me let me get some stuff out of the way before I forget. Because whenever I start having too much fun, you know, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> All right. So we need you to connect with us. <laughs> we need you to connect with us. So firstly, follow us on YouTube. I'm going to be honest. We are trying to grow our YouTube channel. We're trying to monetize YouTube. To monetize YouTube, we need to get to 8,000 subscribers and 4,000 watch hours. We are currently at 230 subscribers. So if you haven't subscribed to YouTube, go over there, subscribe to YouTube, check it out, um, and watch something because that's going to really help us get to that place of monetizing YouTube. Our goal is at the end of the year. So I'm going to consistently talk about it. I'm going to keep you updated with the numbers where we are. So go to YouTube and subscribe. If you're not on YouTube, I get it. I understand. No problem. We're not just saying that's the only place you could check us out. We want you to check us out on LinkedIn as well. Go to LinkedIn, check out the page, follow the page, your business in digital. We post the videos there. We're live on LinkedIn. So definitely check us out there. Um, also, you want to check us out on a podcast. We are everywhere podcasts are found. Okay. So we are on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on Amazon and we're on Google. So listen to our podcast. Check us out. I want you to tell a CMO about this show. I want you to tell a CFO about this show. I want you to tell a business owner about this show. Let them know that we are here helping them, supporting them with their business and digital because digital can be daunting. There's so many things to think about, right? It's the measurement. It's the infrastructure. It's all the things. Is it working to get me to that place of money in the bank? And that's what we help you do here on this show. All right. So subscribe, subscribe. All right. The next thing I want you to do is we know that if you have a business, you have an online presence and we want you to make sure that it's working for you. So test the effectiveness of your online presence. Scan this QR code. If you are on your laptop, if you are on your computer, take out your phone right now, scan the QR code. It'll take you over to our quiz. Take the quiz. The quiz is going to give you a little bit of a blueprint. It'll tell you what's working, what's not working, and it'll give you a little bit of a roadmap of all the things you kind of need to be doing uh, to get things on track, to see that ROI from your digital marketing efforts, right? It gives you, it's the first step in a conversation with us as well, too, because it'll give you some real perspective. So take the quiz, take the quiz, take the quiz. If you cannot scan the QR code and you're listening to us on your phone, that's fine. Go to YouTube. When the show is over, the link will be in the comments. So you can hit the link there and take the quiz. So don't forget, take the quiz. You want to know if what you're doing online is working or if it's not working. So definitely take the quiz. All right. So I think I got the major things out of the way. <laughs> I'm getting the talk track down now, right? You've <laughs> as we started doing more calls to actions and we changed things, you know, like it's a part of our process as well, too. It's learning what are the things we need to say? How do we really make sure that we're speaking to our target audience? Uh, so all those things, everything that we're talking to you about, we're actually doing. So it's always marketing in motion here at this show, Your Business in Digital. So, all right. I said a lot so far, but, you know, now it's time for one of my favorite, favorite segments. All the hot topics. <laughs> so hot topics. What are we talking about for hot topics this week? This week we are talking about generative AI in search. That's what we're talking about. So it's this is my topic this week. Um, Google is expanding its test pool for its new generative AI elements in search. What is this? So let's get, let's get into this. This is a topic you can find this on social media today. It's a great source of information. We'd advise any small business owner to definitely, you know, 
keep an eye on social media today to stay on top of what's happening with major platforms that you're using to drive revenue for your business. So Google is making its new generative AI tools available to more users. It's a program called Search Labs, and it's going to enable people to try out its new elements within Search. Google got into this basically because of the partnership between ChatGPT and Microsoft, but they're taking a very measured approach into how they are going to incorporate AI into this search. So what does that mean? As opposed to just search matches. So we're talking contextual search. So in this example, they say, why do dogs like tennis balls? And what's going to happen is you're going to get something on, okay, this is why, but you're also going to get the search result to say, hey, the best tennis balls from this one or this company. So it's really looking at that generative AI, that conversational way of searching and adding information as you go so that you're not breaking your search into different terms to get to a specific answer. So they give the article or gives an overview on how to get it. But what they highlight here, it's more important to ensure that you're addressing long tail queries with explainers and info on your site. So what does this mean? There's a lot of big words here, a lot of marketing words, long tail queries with explainers. So let's go back to your normal FAQ. What's the, what's the best? I am looking for digital marketing agency for small business, right? How do I work with a marketing agency? What this generative search is going to do is going to say, okay, these are key things to look for. And we've done this in a show, what to look for in a marketing agency, right? And you now have to answer the question, why are these things important? So you've got to go that one level deeper with your FAQs now, as far as what comes up in search and what, what's going to be considered relevant. So as per Google, the new generative AI search experience will help take some of the work out of searching so that it can help you understand a topic faster, uncover new in viewpoints and insights, and get things done more easily. So they give a very good example here. So I'm looking for a Bluetooth speaker. And what it's also going to bring up is what choosing a Bluetooth, what you should consider when choosing a Bluetooth speaker. So that wasn't my search, but it's giving me something very relevant and information that helps me make that decision. So it's very important to understand that this is where search is going and kind of understand, okay, what is that supplementary content you're going to need to put out? So that brings me right to our lessons for small business. I'm going to say sign up for search labs start using it, start understanding how it changes even your own search methods, right? Search is becoming very natural so that I'm not asking questions like, what is, you know, what is the best way to design my website? I'm going to go in and say, okay, what are the, what's, who's the web, best website designer? But to get that complementary information of things that you should consider when redesigning your website, because it's not a magazine, I'm just going to keep throwing words in here, right? That needs to come up as well. The second point, the second takeaway, I know you would have liked that one. The second takeaway is ensure that your content is answering questions, right? So we are now into that era where your content needs to clearly answer the questions that your customers are asking. If you're in the service industry and you want to know, you know, somebody is searching for sales and pricing strategy, 
and they're saying, what's the best sales? You know, what is the good way to build a pricing strategy? I need an FAQ that comes up from Michelle and says, you know, okay, things to consider. These are the questions to answer, but she has to go one level deeper for me. Why is it important? It's important because this affects your customer in this way. This affects your, your returning customers, et cetera. So you get people up to speed in that, in that field of study, as well as making them more confident to make a decision. So what do we see coming forward from this? This is in test phase, but it absolutely signals that FAQs and case studies will increase in relevance. And that takes us straight to the last point, which is revisit your SEO strategy. Once you started to use these tools a little bit, you want to go back to your SEO strategy because it's going to change. It's going to now be way more robust. You will require way more robust strategy if you want to turn up in search because Google is keeping to its mandate. So while it's giving you this contextual information, it's giving the user the ability to ask follow-on questions, it's still going to connect this to relevant search results in the search engine results page. So that's the hot topic for today. I hope you know you all got some good nuggets there, but you definitely want to look at this. Like I said, I'll just run through it again. Sign up for Search Labs. Go to social media today. You can grab the link there, or just look up Search Labs, Google Search Labs. Ensure that your content is answering questions. And look to make sure that you're doing your FAQs as well as case studies, because these will add to that contextual search result. And of course, revisit your SEO strategy. What do you all think? So firstly, I must say that, aren't we doing that? We absolutely are. <laughs> so we've leaned in. Wait a second. Is this show? Tell the folks how we do this show. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. So this, the examples we can give is exactly right. This exact show. So we have done things around SEO, what to look for, what to avoid. So this is the contextual content that generative AI is now going to find in search. So that means we're going to come up in two different ways. We're going to come up one by, by keyword search. They happen to search, you know, how do I do SEO, SEO for small business? But we're also going to come up just in a guide to SEO. And the basics, what do you need to know? What do you need to avoid? So the more information you have that's going to answer questions, the questions that are being asked, is the more relevant you're going to show up and the higher you're going to show up in that search page. Yep. So I really love that, right? I love that it's so strategic. Um, it puts people in a zone of not just creating content to create content, because sometimes people do that. <clears throat> You're really creating focused content. And again, that's what we've been doing. We've been really looking to see what are the questions people are asking around the content, around the search um my keyword. And then we start building out the show based on that. So this information allows us to really have content to support the rest of the year, because now we have every show starts with a frequently asked questions and we can take this and then build that into blogs. Then we can take this, optimize these shows, then we can put that on, you know, content, distribute that on the podcast and really make sure that 
when people are searching for these things, that we are the ones that are showing up. So we're carving out our real estate in search and we're owning that space. And we want to show up for video, for blog. We want to show up in different formats as well, too, because our consumers are going to consume this in any way that they feel like, because once they start, you know, it's what they like. So that's how they're going to go down the journey and the path with us. So we need to think about that. But this gives you a true blueprint of making sure that you carve out your space in search. Um, and that's what you want to think about it. It's like real estate, right? You want to show up four or five times in different ways because that's when people click on you. When you show up in the ad, when you show up on the YouTube, when you show up with your, your URL, when you show up, you know, <clears throat> with a review, you want to show up those five times because that's the opportunity for someone to say, hey, they're showing up. I'm going to click on them. <laughs> or I didn't even realize they showed up so many times because people only click on the top five searches, right? They don't really go past that. So if you're showing up four out of those five times, five out of five times, three out of five times, you know, maybe with an article, a few different things, things that really allow people to see that you are the expert. Um, that means that you own that real estate. So I love, I love this topic. Uh, really, really, really great hot topic. <laughs> welcome. You're welcome. Andrea, Michelle, any thoughts? You know, I, I loved the way that you phrased it, that part of making the content focus now, because you're right. Sometimes we do content for doing it fake. I'm not sure sometimes as content creators, I'm not sure that we are always sure what question we're answering. We just, I can say, I'm speaking from experience. Sometimes I have this thing that I want to share, but I actually don't think about, well, what is the question they're asking? I just know it's good information, right? And you put it out there and you hope that it sticks. But what you're saying is you need to really carve out the questions first and see so that you can when you're generating the content or the content answers the question. And that makes a lot more sense than just sitting down and trying to think, well, what do people want to know, right? And just, you know, putting it together. Because, you know, as experts, we know our stuff, you know, we know it. And we try to put it out there. But are we really putting it out there to answer the specific question that people are asking in the way that they are asking it? And I think that that is a takeaway. Yeah, I think that's where too, like answer Socrates comes back to play, right? Because that's where you get the questions that people are asking. So understanding that as a business is important. There's a place that there are a lot of places you can go to understand the questions people are asking. So if you understand that as part of your market research, your keyword has to flow into that and what your consumers are asking, because it comes back to their pain points, right? Their pain points are what they're asking. And then they go into Google and they say, how do I... How do I do a cash flow? <laughs> How do I measure my blah, blah, blah? So every show we've done here has been around questions that our potential customer, our target audience is answering. So Google doesn't just, you don't just get the answer from Google, right? You got to be able to get the questions that people yeah. are asking, right? It works both ways. Yeah. Yeah. I found this one to be so very interesting and in that is from a sales perspective, what it, I, I see it, it doing is it, it's answering the antis and anticipating the next question and serving it up earlier. So it's taking steps out of the client journey, out of that, that sales cycle and serving it up. And what it's also forcing the effort, if, if you don't have it out there, they're not serving you up. When in that example where they were showing the wireless um, speakers, I, one, 
got distracted because I saw mine on in there. But two, that it when you looked at the ones that they showed, it showed it was pulling examples, and that was the first thing that I thought of is if your descriptions are not correct, if you aren't answering that information within your contacts, it's almost doing a search for the information that is serving that information up. So either get in the game or you're going to get put out of the game. You won't even have a seat at that table. And then you've got to learn prompt engineering. And one of the things that I've been looking at and learning and learning um, AI and with ChatGPT is that you've got to become better at ants asking the right questions and providing the right information so that the output is better and serve better. And that's actually going to lead well into what we're talking about next uh, for, for our next segment. But what it's saying to me is, step up your game, people. <laughs> step up your game, be far more intentional and, and understand the call response because your clients have been asking for this long and hard for a long time. And now AI is catching up to it and saying, let me help you out, business owner. Let me help you out, consumer. Let me serve it up to you in the way that you've been asking for it for a long time. Let me help you with that process. And if you're not there, you're going to be left behind as a business owner. Yeah, I love that. I love that you talk about learning the prompts, the right prompts. Uh, you know, it takes me back to coding days, right? <laughs> prompts are like a little bit of code. I don't know if you've ever done any type of code while you're in college. Um, uh, if you've done any type of code, you kind of, the, the prompt gets you into that mindset because to, in order to do things, you had to put in a prompt to get things to work for you, right? So it comes down to a little bit of coding and it's all about the right input. Starting with a keyword, understanding the right input, understanding the things. And then it also is about the customer journey. This is really the customer journey. And we've talked about this consistently. They're saying to you, create the ideal <laughs> customer journey. Answer every question that they possibly can have so that they'll build trust with you and buy from you. That's what that that's what that's doing. <laughs> right. To create the ideal customer journey. What's the next question? What's the next next question? Because if we think five or six questions ahead of what our consumers are about to ask and we present them with that, where are they going? Nowhere, because I got yeah. all the information right here. So you made my life easier. You saved me time. So I trust you. I'm going to buy from you and I'm going to come back and listen to you. And potentially I'll tell my other friends about you. Right. Perfect. So it, it, Google is making it easy for you, <laughs> actually. Far easier. This is not a chore. Don't look at this as a chore. They're making it really easy for you to own the conversation, own your space, but to create a perfecto customer journey. Chef kiss, chef kiss. Customer journey, and it is it is the first signal of the change in consumer behavior, right? In how we search. So that's why you want to make sure and get on top of this now, because where we enter those questions is changing. It's absolutely changing. It's it's what we've been doing with our voice assistants, right? Um, and that's going to take a whole other level. But yes, you can establish authority much faster if you have those complementary bits of, co of content that are answering multiple questions that follow each other. This was a good one. This was a good one. Yes, Danny, this was you, a phenomenal segment. Phenomenal. And it, it's complementary to what we're going to go into next. So. Awesome.
<laughs> Some applause for you. Good morning, Dana. All right. So we've been, you know, highlighting it, kind of dabbling around it. So, oh, wait, wait, I did the wrong thing. Hold on. Wait, wait. Where is my other? Oh, huh. Interesting. So we are at our Go Beyond the Like section. This is my favorite segment. <laughs> Uh, where we go beyond the likes. Thank you so much, because I couldn't find it. <laughs> uh, one of our favorite segments, Go Beyond the Likes, where we get to really take you beyond the likes and follows and get into that place of money in the bank, right? Uh, so super excited for this conversation today. And this is really about, we're talking about from prospects to customers, how to qualify leads for maximum conversion. So Michelle is going to guide us through this conversation today. And I'm excited about it because... This, this conversation really started off, we started talking about cart abandonment, actually, right? And then we were like, well, cart abandonment, does it sound very, you know, retail specific? And where does that flow into for a service-based business? Because we all kind of go through some of that cart abandonment. And then Andrea talked a little bit about, yeah, you know, like, as the customer comes in, how do we get them to convert? And then we we just had this like, Mike, you missed this conversation, but we just had this really interesting conversation that took us back to all the things that like the show is really built upon, right? That customer journey, that trust building, all the elements that kind of build upon each other to get us to a place of getting people to convert when they convert, why they convert, why they don't convert. So I'm really excited to see where Michelle took this because she had some time to take a step back and be like, all right, I want to pull all the this together and today give you guys from prospects to customers how to qualify leads for maximum conversion. <laughs> so I'm gonna pass it over to you, Michelle. <laughs> oh my, what a mouthful! What a mouthful! This is I'm going to do my best to not keep out on this because you know I live in daily with uh, what we go through and with my clients fairly frequently because we need to get them not just through the door, but to get them across the finish line into a conversion space. And I, I really love this part of our relationships that we have, because especially with our, our the four of us, as we are looking to, to scale our businesses and help our clients to scale and move their businesses further and to grow, this, this is key to making sure that you're not only doing it well and efficiently, but to, to make sure that you're not taking steps back, to take, take steps backwards into a space that you've already visited and to, to not look so much in the review, but to look forward. So we're going to uh, cover our seven points as we typically do uh, at, at seven o'clock because I'm now in your seven o'clock time zone <laughs> this, for a couple of days here to move this forward. But what we're gonna start off with first is uh, to, Let's start, you know, old school, define your target audience. It is imperative that we know who our ideal clients are so that we may be able to help to identify uh, that qualify and qualify that lead and tailor your approach to the client that you're seeking for your business. So that means we need to factor in things like the characteristics of the client that we're seeking to have in. What are their preferences? Uh, what are their likes and dislikes? And most importantly, what are the pain points that they are encountering? What is really making them hurt? And why are they seeking your help to begin with? We need to understand what that need and that pain is so that we can understand, are they a right fit for our business? 
So that's the very first place. And if you weren't with us before, go back and listen to a few weeks ago when we had a full show on target audience. Go back and listen to that. We've covered that in detail. But defining our target audience is the very first place that we start. I love <laughs> I love this point because I think and I think I said this on the show when we spoke about it, that I've been I've dabbled in my target audience over the past couple of years and I'm now finally at a place where I completely understand who the target audience is. And I could say the benefit of knowing and feeling confident and secure in who your target audience is, the, the, the benefit is a sense of renewed purpose and focused efforts. I've been able to cut through the noise and say, okay, despite everybody who's asking for help or the, the various people who liking posts and just, you know, reacting to stuff, who is the people, who are the people that I am supposed to be speaking to? And I think when you have that, when you have that identity, no wasted effort, no wasted resources, or at least minimal, right? Because you're now super clear on who you're going to speak to. And then by knowing who your target audience is, you then know how to deal with the people who are not in your target audience. You're then able to figure out how you're going to put them aside as politely as possible and continue to focus. So I love this point because I, I am seeing how truly beneficial it is that you have to have it or else you're just you're just throwing things in against the wall and hoping it will stick. And that's really just wasting time and money. I have a saying, and I'm surprised I didn't start the show off and saying of this, everybody is not your client. Everybody is not for you. Then everyone is not your people. Who are your people? Define your people. And that language and the conversation becomes so much easier because you're, the definition is there and you, you, everybody is not, you're not just a big fish in a small pond. Everybody shouldn't be in the pond. Right. I think also we have to be in a space where when we're scaling our businesses, we should be actually beyond defining that target audience. We should be at a place where we understand who our ideal customer is, right? So the target audience is where we start. And Andrea, you're right. It takes a while to define, right? It, it, it's right that it's taking you a long time to define it. And it's a good thing because you have to feel it's the pulse of the business and kind of feel the pulse of the people to be like, okay, cool. When they ask this question, what does this mean? When they do this, what does this mean? So once you start feeling that you like, you get to the heart of it, you're like, okay, these are the people, but then that target audience has to get to ideal customer. So, because those are the people that buy from you at the least cost, least headache, all the things. Um, so those, that's where you need to get to as you're scaling, you should be at a space where you're thinking, my ideal customer looks like this uh, because I've defined my target audience so much and understand that these are the people that work best for me when they buy for me. Yeah. And let me add a caveat to this too in defining this target audience. What your target audience was a year ago may not be what it needs to be as you're scaling and moving forward. It is, there. there's an evolution that happens as you're scaling and you're moving your business forward. And that does not remain where it was. It's not going to be stale and something that's stagnant. It moves along with you and it's something that you have to reassess periodically. 
when that is off, you will begin noticing that your your regrets will become a lot higher, meaning that business is coming through and you're turning down a lot more because, and you'll begin noticing that that's not who I want. That's not who I am. That's not where I want my business to, to go. And why are these people coming at me? It's because you've invited that audience that's not yours into your world because you've not remained tunnel vision focused as you've evolved and moved that along with you. So that's the latest things that you will have to keep and it will evolve as your business evolves as well. All right, next one. Now, I like this one. This one usually makes people pause just a little bit because I'm asking for you to actually put a stake in the ground and define your lead qualification criteria. Yes, people, we must pause for the cause and in defining this, set that criteria that will help you to determine what makes that lead a qualified piece of business for you and your products and services. So a few things to consider. You want to factor in the demographic information for your clients. What's their budget? Be firm and ask the question and understand what is their position, their authority in that uh, decision-making process for your purchase, uh, especially when we get down the road, if we ever begin talking about the B2B versus you know, the B2C component. What are their specific needs? What challenges are they encountering? And what services that they're looking to address? We've got to be very defined and specific about those areas and not just say, well, just tell me what's wrong. That's not where we're going. You have to ask pointed questions to pull and in your voice, pull that information out so that you can understand, is this right for your business? Again, narrowing that, that window and understanding, is this really the right person that I need to work with and bring into my world? What do you guys think? I love this point. I'm going to absolutely jump in here on this one. So let's think about this for a second. What we do is we, we create our marketing. We set it up to drive leads, you know, to drive that visibility. So somebody, so take it from this point of view, somebody is filling in that form on your website, right? Whether it's a contact us form with a request for a sample or more information, but you need to know disqualifying takes time and you need to get you need to buy as much time as you want so you need to understand what are the criteria just as michelle said for example if you're offering if you're in a service industry do you offer your services to a particular region or a particular state this is these are quick criteria that you can you can now map out and see this is why this lead is worth following that's the question you're trying to answer is this lead worth following so without that criteria you can't answer that question you end up nurturing that lead until you realize that's not the lead for you. And think, Michael, we, we're... Go ahead. No, sure. jump no. in. I would say, and, and to use what we, we, we speak about in this show, think about something Tamara said earlier as we were going through when we were qualifying the business and helping you to self-qualify when she said, send this information to your CMO, a CFO, your marketing person. We're, we're telling you directly and indirectly lean in if you are one of these people. We're telling you who our target audience is and helping you to help qualify that. If you are, when she tells you, take the quiz. 
assess, let's understand the health of where you are and what you're doing. And we're, we're trying to help you and we're pulling you into our world and telling you we want you if you fit these, these areas. So think about we're using our example here in your business and digital and exactly what we're saying as we're talking through the qualification of the lead process. Oh. Sorry about that. I needed to be a better applause. <laughs> One of the other things in the lead criteria I think is important. It's the mindset. Yeah. Um, are you ready to work with the person? Are you ready to take that next step? I think understanding if people are ready to work with us, whether they have the budget or not, is important because it, we, it will fail if you are not ready. Uh, if you cannot give up control when you're scaling your business, as, as we're all scaling our businesses, what we see is that there is a lot of control that's being given up, right? I mean, <laughs> I've been leading Monavan Digital for the last five years. <laughs> I've given up so much control in the last year, six months, <laughs> that it's it's crazy, right? But each time I kind of take a breath and I'm like, this is how we grow the business. So I had to be in the right mindset to be able to effectively scale. That has to be a part of your criteria. Now, you may not get that on the checklist. You may not get that in the, you know, the approach that you put forward online, but at some point in time, there needs to be a conversation around that because that's an important factor in whether that relationship will be successful or not. If you are working with a client that is not ready mentally, that doesn't have the mindset for that growth, it becomes really, really hard. So you have to put that in there some way and you must find a way to quantify that. Um, and you know how we're doing that is by giving them bits and pieces of information to consume. Uh, if you go through the process of consuming the information, like Michelle said, if you take the quiz, there, there are ways to understand if that person is ready to truly work with you, right? And maybe there's a meeting where you meet with them to qualify to get to that point. Is this person really the ideal client to work with me? Because mindset is really, really important in taking the business forward. For both parties. And I'm glad that you said that because we, we it needs to happen on the front end. And one of the closing uh, points is that exactly. And uh, I'm going to say a couple of things at the end that's going to make, I know, a, a few people pause and make you grip and like hold your breath because this is really important, that, that relationship and whether or not they are ready to open up because you, you have to be real vulnerable to help someone to really get to the place that they need to get to. They need to be trusting. And if they're holding on and not providing the information and showing those traits in your discovery process, that they're incapable or unwilling to open up so that you may understand what the real pain is, so that you understand what it's going to take to get to the resolution, to understand what players are maybe needed to be pulled in the conversation and give them over the ability to move their business forward, then those are flags that you need to pay attention to and or honor and say, can I work through this? And is this for my business? For some businesses, this is your jam. This is exactly what you want so that you can help them move forward. And others, not so much. So you have to understand what those signals are and actually be willing to lean in and ask the questions and pull that information out through your discovery qualification process. All right. So 
Now, see, I thought about Michael up and down as I was going through this piece, because in this, uh, as we get to step three, hold on with for those of you that are in this space with me, uh, develop, you need to develop a system for your lead qualification process. This part is imperative because the purpose of this is you, as you're gathering this information that's relevant, you need to determine that readiness to buy and a, an assessment of that interest level is, is required. We, there are several ways of doing this and it's not just one way, there's a mixture of things that you can use. Starting with the quizzes, I'm sure you heard that earlier today, uh, your lead capture forms, uh, personal interactions where you, you're getting that information through call and response, through phone calls or virtual meetings, in-person meetings, or through some email automation, uh, marketing information that you may have with individuals to get that information in but a process is needed and it allows you to be efficient and hopefully a way that you, in a manner that you can automate components of this so that it's easier for both your client, for you, and you have a way to retain that information later. All on you, Michael, because I know you like this one. <laughs> you know, you know. So the question I always get is, you know, I'm going to put these forms on my site. What am I going to do with all these email contacts that I collect? Do I have to write emails? And we can keep going all the objections that happen here. So what we are, what are we talking about at each stage that you, you have a level of conversion? So I got an email, they filled out a form, they requested to book a consultation. That system, what we're talking about is the in between those points. Now, what's my filter to say, do they go to the next step or do I maybe push them to a resource that's a standing resource that they can use, right? So let's think about it. I get to, you know, I have an ad, it gets them to my site. For us here at YBID, our first qualifier is that quiz. You can't move forward with us unless you've taken that quiz. Then we know, okay, if you've taken the quiz, we can move you to a fuller assessment. So we have that qualification process at every point of interaction. So that's where you look at it in that systemic, that systemic view, you're going to say, okay, at each point, once I collect information, what's my filter to get them to the next stage? So yes, systems work. Systems is where we can automate and make some of that qualification criteria very much an automated process that takes up heavy lifting, buys us all important time to focus on the leads that make it through. Well, Michael is the king of systems. I don't even know why I should even comment, right? <laughs> I don't even know why, but, you know, um, systems lead to efficiency and systems lead to that. That is that first step in scalability, right? That being able to remove yourself from a process or duplicate yourself in a process is your first step to scalability. So I'm seeing here that from the time you implement that systematic um, the system for your leads, you're starting to see what scaling your business can start to look like because you're creating more time and resources for you to do something else. So definitely making that first step um, systematic and repetitive, it really helps you to minimize use of resources and it really helps you to just become more efficient. And there's a word I'm looking for, I can't find it, it's too early. <laughs> It really helps, you know, to just bring it all together. And I really think it's the first step for a business owner to start seeing what a scaling their business looks like, that ability to have something happen 
without them or at least without them being involved every step of the way you know automated quizzes automated emails going out simple things as using your calendar for somebody to book the call you know all these things where people don't have to dm you for, for prices or dm you for to find out something you know i think it's um i think it's really important yeah i wanted to oh i'm sorry no, I, I mean, I love, I love when we talk about systems, Michael being the king of systems. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But that's what we do really well at Monavent Digital, right? It's we, um, in working with a lot of our clients, we've really helped them to put that digital infrastructure in place. So the system really comes back to your infrastructure. Um, and it's, do you have the right infrastructure to support what you're doing? And if you're scaling your business again, there should be no DMs. There should be no, you know, it should really be that systematic setup, right? So it's a tool like a HubSpot. It's time for you to step up the tools when you're looking at scaling your business. So we really need to, you know, get to that place of what does the next level look like? And if you're still DMing and you have a team, that's 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 heavy because it's someone's missing the parts of it, right? So when we're talking to these businesses, we're talking to businesses that have a team of people. A team of people can't manage a DM, but they can manage a systematic approach because in that system, it means that there was an opportunity for it to go to sales, for it for it to go to marketing. It goes to the right person at the right time. And so as we're working with our clients, that's what we see. They need a system that allows the information coming in from their lead to go to the right departments, to go to the right stakeholders. Uh, so I think it's really a, a move in a different direction. So it's important that we have those right systems in place to, to really you know, get the systematic approach that we need. Yeah. Before we move on to the next one, I want you to knock down a misnomer that inevitably comes from, from businesses when we, we are, are doing this is that, well, Michelle, I just like to talk to people. I like to talk to them to get the information that I need, you know, to move forward because, you know, that's just so impersonal. No, it's not. <laughs> that's it. Like, there's, what this does is it actually allows you to have a, a, a thorough, more well-invested, educated, informed conversation that's farther along the path and walking in. And, and knowing something about that person instead of it being a cold, well, let me get to know you. Well, what's your name again? Or what, no, what is your business? What you're doing is getting those, those niceties out the way so that when you are having a, a conversation with them, and if that's something that you truly need to have in moving forward, it's a better conversation. It allows you to dig deeper and get to the heart of the matter much faster. And if not, qualifying when they, they come through to have a different conversation that is perhaps beyond getting into it and saying, I might not be a right fit for you right now, but let, here's what we can do and move that conversation along a, a bit faster or lean in in a different way. So I invite you to, to, to think about this and it is going to actually force a behavior, a behavior that you need to have in, in moving your business forward and asking the right questions. Oh, Dana, this is so right. It's so important in helping you. Your biggest goal is to find yourself and let your business run. See? <laughs> All right, Miss Dana, thank you. That is a very valid point. You, you gain information that's utterly necessary for you to move your business forward and helps you to get your scaling to the right place. Now, point four, 
we talk about this often and we live this here in this space and that's nurturing your leads through your community interaction. What you're, we're seeking for you to do and we're, we're providing here every Monday and Wednesday is providing that relevant targeted content that's going to help you build that trust with your ideal customer. So that looks like in your resources, podcast such as this, any of your blog posts, uh, think of white papers, webinars, your FAQs. Um, in these things, you're, what you're doing is you're addressing those pain points. You're trying to meet the need of the call that your clients put out there with the response that meets that challenge uh, for your target audience and helps to build that gap of information that they don't have. So often, often find your space, find your way to provide that value and build that trust and know you and begin to like you and move that business forward. Okay, now uh, let's go on to point five. And that is, I, this is a Tamara thing I, as much as it is mine. You need to utilize lead tracking um, and analytics. In this, you want to gain insights because you need to effectively qualify and convert business, and this will help you to do that. That includes monitoring your website activity, uh, email engagement, and social media interactions. In this, you're going to look for interests that align with your business, understanding the preferences, and is it something, again, that you can meet uh, that need in your services? And it helps you to understand the readiness to convert. Where are they clicking in the website? How are they engaging with you? Are they putting things in your cart? Are they looking for your FAQs? In your lead tracking and analytics, you'll be able to find those, those cues. I love this point. And you know, this comes back to HubSpot again for us, right? So we're working with a client right now who's in HubSpot. And when you utilize a system like HubSpot, it allows us to see we're running Google ads for them. So it allows us to see from the time the person clicks the ad, the keyword that they clicked on the ad, uh, what the keyword that they put in, and then it tells us exactly everything that they've gone through, through the website, what they've downloaded, what they've touched, what they've looked at. Uh, we get a clear understanding of their entire path. And we simply added Google Analytics in there. We simply connected the Google paid uh, search, but because we have a system like HubSpot, it gives us that customer journey, the path that they took. So now we kind of see, hey, these people are taking this path and these other people are taking this path and where we could make changes and shifts. So it's such important information. And when you see it in detail, it could be game changing for your business because you set forth and you say, hey, I'm going to set these things in this place. And then when people use it, it's actually the test to see if it works or not, or do you need to make changes? So when you see people using it, you're like, oh, okay, they spent time here. They did this, they did this. Oh, they didn't do this, but they did this. Let me make this change. So understanding the tracking and the analytics is important. Setting it up, but understanding it is really important as well too. And simplifying, finding a tool that can work for you to simplify, because we understand that your job is not digital marketing analytics, right? So what are tools that can simplify and what are the things you need to be looking for to in, for those insights that help you get to really strategic recommendations. You know what I love that you did as you were talking is that you did this, like you did you did this, and and one of the points that that I move forward with that is is so telling visually and, and also what you said is point of entry to conversion is not linear. 
your clients are not entering and walking straight through to the back door, from the front door to the back door of your house. They're entering your world from many different places and will zigzag. Like you said, they will find something, maybe taken off course, pull out, you know, and, and move to a different space. Say, oh, I have a question. Let me go look for the FAQs. Step away from the computer because the phone rang. Come back in and say, okay, where did I leave off? Not sure, but oh, look, I got that text that says, look at this offer, look at this thing. Let me go in again. Let me pick up where I left off. There, there's a multitude of ways that you can move in and out of an environment. But we need to be able to meet that need and also meet them where they are and find them and understand if they're still part of that lead qualification process or move them to the place that they need to be to move them along that path and that qualification. So think that through as you're moving through that piece of it. All right, so number six, we're almost there, is establish effective communication channels with your potential clients, with these leads that you're qualifying. This is important because you want to prompt and personalize those responses that's going to help to build that trust and move that lead along in that conversion journey. Now, how that, that's done is you have multiple means of getting them in through different channels for that communication, in email, by phone, live chat, and social media. And you want to do this because that's going to provide that engagement option based upon their preferences and how they choose to communicate. That's going to be important as well in your building of relationship because that is the infancy stages of your relationship building. And also as you're scaling your business, we can't just have one way for them to find and, and meet with you because sometimes it's not just going to be you. You will have a team behind you that will need to help and having those multiple points of, of channel communication is going to be imperative for scaling. Anybody got anything to say on that? I, I just wanted to tie this back to you know that lead tracking, right? So establishing, as you said, at any given point in time, that lead or that potential customer is, is going to touch different points of your business. So you want to make sure that with that effective communication channels is that you understand that they've spoken to somebody in sales. They've actually gone right down to speaking to somebody in service to find out maybe how does this product stand up after a couple of months, right? So that's where those effective communication channels means that they also need to be connected on the back end so that any salesperson who's trying to convert understands that nobody likes when I just explained this to the last person, right? That's what you're trying to avoid. And you and you similarly have a hugely positive experience when somebody talks to you and says, I see here that you said this before, and I see here that you spoke to us before. So this is this is the next step for you. Right. So that that's where that effective communication channel actually takes life and helps toward that final conclusion. Hashtag HubSpot. Hashtag HubSpot. And it is uh, Andrea, come on in, because I know you've been uh, you, this has been of interest to you. We've been talking about this whole thing. So I know that you're taking a lot of notes and, and are, are viewing as, uh, as, a, as an audience member in some respects, but I know you and I've had this many conversation before that you, you have found to this really valuable because I see how you interact with your clients. Exactly. I mean, the, that bouncing around is real though. That bouncing around and they, they come to you from different angles and really, you know, you have to be able to manage all or at least 
direct them back to where you want them to go, right? So you want to move them from DMs to maybe your system so that, you know, the, the automated or at least the um, focused messages, they can get it. You want to be able to do those things. And I, I think it's a, sometimes it can be overwhelming to, to manage, but you really want to find effective ways to communicate with them. And in their, I, I, if I might add, in their own language and in their own way that they would understand. Because maybe the reason why they're clicking in the DMs is because they probably don't know how to book the call, right? It's, you know, and I think that to me, those are telling things. I have noticed that with some people. I've actually had interactions where they try to speak to me in the DMs. They're coming with all these questions. And I'm saying, okay, book a call. All these questions can be answered in a call. And then they may not book the call. What does that, you know, what does that message say? But their communication channel, they, they're, they're coming through the DMs. I've had others who never spoke to me once and they show up in the car. They're ready to, they're ready to do the call. That's their, that's the way that they that they're coming in. But you need to find a way to speak to each one of them. Some people comment on posts a lot before they even talk to you. You know, so it's really um, yeah, this communication one I think is very, very tricky with how how you manage and navigate all of it. And yes, hashtag still learning. <laughs> And for our final point, going back to something Tamara said earlier that we need to, to put a period at the end of this sentence and put it, you know, you've got to assess uh, the client readiness with pulse checks throughout uh, your, your client interaction in the qualification process. Now, the why behind this, the why for you in this is you want to determine their commitment to this potential partnership by implementing little pulse checks to test their readiness and understand where they are in the, the, their pain cycle. How do they fit into where you're trying to scale your business? Because if they're not in it to win it, then perhaps this is not the right business for you. And to add to 7B on this, is that going to be the A, is also be prepared to walk away from the business if it is not appropriate for you and have that intestinal fortitude to say, this is just not right for where I'm trying to take my business. And those pulse checks will help you to get to it. And that could look like, are they prepared to actually meet deadlines uh, that, that you've designated in? Are they willing to open up and provide information that's going to be imperative for you to move that business to where they need to be? You know, can they come back to you and open up with information or are you pulling every bit of information out of them to move forward? If they're saying that some, you know, they have comp uh, people in their business that helps them to move forward, there's a, there's a body of people, are they giving you access to their, those people? Those are triggers that will help you to understand whether or not they're ready to move their business forward and meet and help you to resolve that need and if they're right for you. And that's one of the biggest things that I think is really important. Just as you know, you're, you need to understand if they are right for you and it is okay for you to not invite them into your house if this is not the right business for you to scale and move forward. No is an acceptable and a complete, complete sentence. It's okay. Effect because yes, I think that's so important too, right? As you're scaling and you get to that ideal 
uh, customer profile and you, you know, you know, a lot of things when you're scaling the business, right? You're scaling the business, you're three years in, you've taken all the lessons that you've learned. And these things are so important. And I think we don't learn to say no. Sometimes we're taking in all of the business. That mindset's important. Are they ready to work with you? It comes back to your success in your business as well, too. Um, that's how we determine when we're looking at people, are we going to be successful with them? right? Are we going to be able to really move the needle forward with them? Because that's, we tout our success rates as a part of what we do well. We look at success. We really help you get to that place of money in the bank. So if that person is not the right fit, then that means that it can impact our success rates. And so as a business, that's important to us. So it's more important to us than their money in the bank, right? We will find the right person to work with us. So, um, and, and when you're scaling, those are the things that you really have to start considering and making sure that you're paying attention to those things because, you know, what matters to you, what are the values for your company um, and, and, and understanding that gets you to the right place. And what I'm hearing is like, you know, you don't want to miss an opportunity to close because you didn't do a pulse check right? And they were closer to making a decision than you realized, but you didn't show up to that key call or have that key meeting. And then you're being told, well, hey, you know, actually we went with your competitor. So say no and make sure they don't go to the competitor. <laughs> you can say no, but also making sure if it's the right person, making sure that you're there to show up. That's super important as well, too. So Oh, Michelle, this was really good. I'm going to give you a chance because I know you, there were a few points here. So we got we to slide, run through your points again. <laughs> All right. Uh, to quickly recap, uh, our seven points for helping you to qualify uh, your leads and move them over to conversion, we start with defining that target audience, making sure that you understand who they are so that you understand the right approach and conversation and bringing that to and through the sale. Uh, defining your lead qualification criteria, you have to throw down and actually define what you want for your business and, and actually commit to that. Uh, systems are really important. And that is not just the process, but also the automation behind it so that you may successfully scale your business and help the team behind you succeed once that sale is complete, that they are part of your process, they are part of the team, and they are part of your success. So all of that is really imperative that you get down a system, the process, and that automation. Uh, number four. Nurturing that lead through that community interaction, that no like trust factor comes into play here. And it helps you to not only pre-qualify and warm that up, but it also helps you to build and move farther along in that sales journey as well as you're qualifying that business. At number five, analytics are important. You need to know the numbers and understand what that tracking looks like. So pay attention to your website analytics and that email communication. Your numbers will be your friend and will help you to understand more efficiently and convert that business. Um, establish effective communication channels across multiple places uh, so that you can meet your clients where they are and be prompt and personal in your interactions. And finally, do a check. It's okay to tap the shoulder and say, are you ready? And find different ways that you're comfortable with to assess whether or not they're ready for you and where you're trying to take your business. So 
that's our way of saying, come on, let's qualify this business and convert it in the best way possible. We want to see you grow and scale and we're here for you. <laughs> this is a great show, Michelle. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, the name of today's show again is from prospect to customers, how to qualify leads for maximum conversion. And you should learn how to qualify those leads. It's such an important part. Um, and here we have Dana saying, pulse check happened last week. I didn't realize that as I optimized this process, that my sales cycle would have shortened. Last week I completed uh -huh. my sales cycle in three hours. I was shocked. Wow. Pulse check. <laughs> Pulse check. That's huge. Thank you for sharing, Dana. So glad you're always joining us uh, and sharing such great information with us. But Michelle, again, really, really mm -hmm. great show. Um, Thank you. I don't know. You know. And we do all of this here in your business and digital across our three companies of Blanyap, Monavan, and your virtual CFO. Join Yay. the party. Yay. Come back. Yes. <laughs> a great segment, Michelle, from Dana. Thanks, Dana. All right. So we made it. It's 810. It is Monday morning. We have done it. We have made it to the, we've made it past the top of the hour. <laughs> uh, and we love that so much. But you know what? Uh, definitely, definitely subscribe. <laughs> Tell people about the show. Okay. If you are on YouTube, okay, go over to YouTube and definitely subscribe, follow the show. Um, we are really trying to work to get to that place of 1000 subscribers and 4000 watch hours. We have 230 subscribers. So that's our goal for the end of the year. So go there, subscribe. Um, tell your business friends about it. Tell friends that, you know, they're scaling their business. They've been in business three plus years looking to scale and take their business to the next level about the show, because the way you scale your business is through digital. You can put these systems in, in place that really work for you um, and really help to take the business to the next level, right? If you know a CMO, a marketing director, someone who is outsourcing their marketing efforts, and they really want to get to a point of understanding, you know, all the things uh, that they need to know to put together a good strategy and take the information back to the company and really grow their digital marketing efforts, tell them about this show. If you know a CFO who is like, hey, I have no idea what digital means. I just sign off on, sign off on it, but I really want to understand how we can see more ROI through digital, tell them about the show because that's who we're talking to when we're here. We're talking to them so that we can help them take their business to the next level in digital, right? We're talking to you, CFO, CMO, business owner trying to scale so definitely listen to us. Uh, check us out on LinkedIn. If you're not on YouTube, that's fine. And if you don't listen to, if you don't do YouTube or LinkedIn, that's okay. We are everywhere podcasts are found. We are on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon. So check us out there as well. The other thing we want you to do is... <sighs> We want you to test the effectiveness of your online presence. So you're doing online activities, you have an online presence, you got a website, you have all the things that are working for you. Take this quiz. It doesn't hurt you. It just gives you a lot of information to let you know if you're moving in the right direction or if you need a little bit of help. And you want to know that because you're spending money on your online presence. So you want to know that it's working for you. And this quiz helps you to do that. So take the quiz, take the quiz, take the quiz. You know what? The CFO, you would love this because you would get so much 
much insight. The CMO, you know it will help you turn things around because you're already looking at all the moving parts of your business. And if you are trying to scale your business, this is something that's going to be good for you. If you're a business owner, you'll understand what some of the things you need to do in digital. What are those things that you need to do to move the business forward? And all this helps us get to that place of money in the bank, helps you achieve your business goals through digital marketing. And that's what we want to do here at Your Business in Digital. So take the quiz, take the quiz, take the quiz. All right, guys, we made it to the end of the show. <laughs> Happy Monday to all of you. We will see you back here on Wednesday. Super excited about Wednesday's show. Wednesday, we have Azalea Health Services. The great Dr. Siobhan Joseph is going to be here with us to talk to us about medical and digital and how she's been moving her business forward um, using digital and the digital landscape to push her medical practice forward. So uh, I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome show. She is a friend to Monovan Digital and Lanny App Digital <laughs> and a client of your virtual CFO. So <laughs> crazy relationships that intertwine. <laughs> um, so Wednesday is going to be an exciting show. So definitely check us out. We love when small businesses come to talk to us about their successes and what they've learned from digital and how they're growing their business and actually really making that money in the bank uh, through digital and digital marketing. So have an amazing Monday. Have a great week. We will see you guys on Wednesday. Take it easy. Bye. <laughs>